On today's Locked On Texans, we hear from the coaching staff. We'll bring that content along with the news surrounding the team. Davis Mills ranked 31 out of 62. And does it make sense for Houston to seek a trade for Brandon Cooks? And we continue our free agency report. But first, Cody, start the countdown. You are Locked On Texans. Your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Texas your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all major podcasting platforms. Welcome into another episode of the Locked On Texas. I'm John Hick, joined by none other. Then Cody Davis, super excited for today's hump day edition of the Locked On Texan Podcast, brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Cody, it's very important that we talk about Davis Mills. It's been a very hot topic, not only in those Twitter streets that you know I love to live in quietly on the low, but, you know, we've heard Lovey Smith come out and say that they may address the quarterback position this offseason with bringing in the veteran. They may go different ways, and Davis Mills has not been assured to be a locked-in pick for Houston moving forward. So we'll dive into that. However, first, the Houston Texans are re-signing long snapper John Weeks to a one-year contract as a former pro bowler, and he will be signing on for his 13th season, the hmm. Houston Texans' longest tenured player, man. And I just want to give it up to John Weeks real quick because – uh, the lifespan of NFL player is not long, and for 13 years doing it, the ups and downs for the Houston Texans, shout out to John Weeks. We also had an opportunity to hear from some of the assistant coaches. We know, because we talked about on yesterday's show, that the Houston Texans wrapped up their coaching staff. It is now secured and full. So we heard from a couple of, all, of those guys. And cornerback coach Dino Vasso, said that he thinks Lonnie Johnson is a natural corner in this scheme. Cody, do you have any thoughts on Lonnie Johnson uh, getting an endorsement, which I think is well-deserved and well-needed? Um, I hope that this endorsement means that there's finally going to be some consistency in him switching from corner to safety back to corner. Because remember, at the beginning, at the beginning of last season, they were saying he was a natural fit at safety. And we saw how that played out, even though, by the way, he did look pretty decent at safety. But, I mean, this is sort of like deja vu in a way. So I'm hoping with Dino coming out saying this, this actually means that we're finally going to start seeing some consistency for Lonnie Johnson. Because that young man, he has proven time and time again that he does have talent. But they need to figure out what are they going to do with him. Yeah, well, I think we've both been on record by saying that Lonnie Johnson has been the most uh, misused, mm-hmm. uh, mistreated in, in the sense of his development player for the Houston Texans. And, you know, his last three games, he only allowed 51 yards at cornerback. And I, I think that going into this season, he's still on that rookie deal. It's not like you're going to invest a lot of money into him. Give him a fair shake at cornerback. Let's see what he can mm-hmm. do with pieces around him. Also, uh, one assistant coach had high praises for Pep Hamilton, the Houston, Texas' newest offensive coordinator. Tim Burbanich talked about Pep Hamilton and mentioned that he believes it will be a tight end-driven offense for sure. 
Uh, it's a run first operation. Pep is going to two, excuse me, going to try to move the ball and score points and adapt that offense. Cody, uh, I've talked about this a lot on this show, and I've talked about it with John Crumpler of the Texan Wires, uh, Jordan Pond over the Draft Bible, especially during the uh, Senior Bowl week, how I believe that the Houston Texans could benefit from an additional tight end. And whether that come with the uh, free agency or the draft, I think Houston could benefit from uh, moving on, of course, from Jordan Akins and the likes of Farrell Brown and, the, and them boys. I think Bourbon mm-hmm. Jordan is a very good starter piece for this tight end group. However, I, I agree. I think Houston would do wonders if they bring in another tight end that may be a little bit more on the uh, a dynamic with the blocking scheme, mm-hmm. helping out their front four, I mean, their front five. Helping out with the run blocking. Helping out with the run block, block blocking, excuse me, has a little bit of nastiness to them, isn't afraid to get in those trenches, and that can also, you know, do some things in the passing game. This is a new era of tight ends where a lot of these guys can do a lot of different things. And so, but Davis Mills ranked 31 out of 62 of the possible NFL quarterbacks. And, uh, Run the show, Hughley of Sixteenth uh, <laughs> Radio. Man has everybody gunning for his head right now. He's a friend of the show, had him on, uh, but he's not a Davis Mill truther, as he liked to call it. <laughs> Those the, the the people that you know stand for Davis Mills, and I like Davis Mills, man. I, I've seen some throws out of him that I believe that you know, given better circumstances, we would have started more consistently. Maybe four wins could have been five or six. Hmm. But ranking Davis Mills 31 out of 62, and you guys can let us know how you feel in the comments or your expectations. Cody, is that bad considering the year that he had, the ups and downs and how he finished? Honestly, it's good. You know, and this ranking came from NFL.com because throughout the 2021 season, there was a total of 62 quarterbacks who actually touched the field, of course, around the league. And, John, when I first saw number 31, I instantly thought to myself, wait, wait a minute. Are you saying he was only better than one other quarterback this season? But like I mentioned, this was the entire, every single quarterback who touched the field this year. This means he was better than half the league. And by the way, I do want to throw this out there he was actually ranked one spot ahead of trevor lawrence who was the generational quarterback coming out of last year's nfl draft and only two rookie quarterbacks was ranked ahead of davis mills of course mac jones came in at number 16 and this one is kind of conflicting to me and i definitely do not agree agree with this but Justin Fields came in at number 28. I think that's a way too high for that young man. But at the end of the day, you're still looking at a situation where, like I've been saying for the majority of this season, especially during Davis Mills's last five games of the year, this man has A, proven that he has potential, B, he has showcased the ability and, and, and has proven that he was, without a doubt, the second best rookie quarterback of 2021 and three and most importantly and i think this is where a lot of people like to have this discussion whether or not he should be the undoubtable starting quarterback for the houston texans in 2022 and john like i mentioned last week i'm going to repeat it again 
unless the Texans can get lucky and get their hands on, let's say, a Russell Wilson or a guy that is similar to Deshaun Watson's stature, where you can say, okay, this is by far a top 10, top 12 quarterback in this league. There is no reason for the Houston Texans not to give Davis Mills the starting job heading into the 2022 season, because at the end of the day, you have to keep in mind, although the Texans in 2021 kind of pushed themselves in a position to where you could look at this organization and say, okay, I could see them jumping from, let's say, four wins in 2021 to, let's say, five or six wins in 2022. Davis Mills should be the starter because he had he, he, he has given himself and given this organization an opportunity to, to get that starting role. I do want to say this. Why is it okay for everybody to say these things in regarding these quarterbacks, all the rookie quarterbacks excluding Davis Mills? For Trevor Lawrence, it's okay. It's his rookie year. He'll figure it out. He'll get hmm. better. The Jags are still in good hands. We look at Trey Lance. You plug him into, and, and if you take out Jimmy Garoppolo and you put in Trey Lance, this is a better team, and he's going to figure it out, and everything is going to be all right. When we look at the Jets rookie quarterback and Zach Wilson, everything's going to be okay. He's going to figure it out. This is the Jets franchise that the Jets franchise is, and you know, they're bad at managing players or putting together a roster or that, a rookie, you know, head coach. Why is it always okay for other franchises to have these ex- excuses? But when it comes to Davis Mills, it's a, he's not ready. This was just a sample size. It doesn't blow me away. Uh, he shouldn't be the future quarterback for the Houston Texans. Why is it okay for all of those other quarterbacks to get those courtesy years to figure it out in the league, but everybody's all ready to write off Davis Mills, and I have a I have a reason why. I think it's because people are still salivating or looking at the fact that the Houston Texans had mm-hmm. their stud quarterback in number four. Newsflash, he does not want to play <laughs> for the Houston Texans anymore, okay? And at some point, no other quarterback wanted to play for the Jets. No other quarterback wanted to play for the Jags. And they were a bad team, and they landed those first-round quarterbacks. Hey, man. Tom Brady didn't want to play for the Patriots anymore, which forced him to go ahead and draft Mac Jones after they saw a year with Cam Newton. So, guys, stop. Be fair to the young man. Be fair to him. Be fair to his development. Because you guys are treating him if he comes out week two and three and stink it up, oh, this is what we knew it was going to be. We should have brought in a a veteran quarterback. Or the one I hate the most, the Texans should do everything in their power Hmm. to mend the relationship with a player who does not actually want to play for them anymore. Exactly. And, and one of the thing, and one of the things that, 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 that kind of gets to me just a little bit, because I'm not going to lie, I am rooting for Davis Mills and I'm not, I'm not about to sit here and, and, and say that I'm the biggest Davis Mills fan. It is. I don't even consider myself a fan, but what I would say is when you go back and you take a look at his very first preseason game, look at the developments that that young man has showcased. Remember John, what was that week four of the regular season? When they lost 40 to nothing against the Buffalo Bills, how you and I came on this show talking about how that young man wasn't ready. Now, here we are, what, five months later sitting here talking about he should be the starting quarterback for the Houston Texans at least for 2022. And not only that, I want to take it back a little bit further. That training camp practice where this young man threw five interceptions. And I think the last interception he 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 threw was, was a one-hand catch by Vernon Hargraves. And... 
I, I say all that just to say the development and the progress that this young man has showcased every since OTAs and training camp, that lets me know that this young man has some type of potential. And two, and most importantly, I would like to see a lot more people kind of root for Davis Mills because the more his progression and his development can 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 get started and continue to go trending in the right direction, the better the Houston Texans rebuilding process can go. Because just like this year, if you have a solid quarterback, that gives you an opportunity to take a moment, draft, sign other free agents that can plug holes at other positions where you definitely need talent, i.e. offensive line, defensive back. That is a conversation that you and I actually had on yesterday. The better Davis Mills is going to be, the more promised the Houston Texans will be in their rebuild moving forward. And I'll say this, the Houston Texans, to get back to a competitive state, they need a competitive quarterback. If we look this past season, the games where the Houston Texans were maybe the most competitive and maybe had the most chance of winning, Davis Mills was the starter in those games more times than Tyrod Taylor. Football mm-hmm. season may be over, but the basketball season is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all of the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where their next fire coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net has your source for hockey, boxing, UFC, right down to the Olympic coverage and information. So head to the website or use your mobile device to learn more about the latest trends and actions because BetOnline is where the game starts. Thanks for making the Locked On Texans your first listen every day. Make sure you're following Locked On NFL. Locked On experts covering the biggest stories around the NFL every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. One, two, three. This offseason is set up to have a lot of twists and turns for the Houston Texans. And Mike Gennetti of Spot Rack was on the bench ESPN 97.5 where Cody and I used to uh, <laughs> intern back in the day. But he mentioned that the Watson trade, the Tunsil trade, and probably a Brandon Cooks trade kind of all looks inedible right, inedible right now. Now, Watson trade, we've talked about that. Of course, we'll continue bringing those updates. Larry Tunsil trade, we've also talked about that, our personal opinions. And Mike Hilton over on Twitter uh, doing some recruiting to get Larry Tunsil up to Cincinnati <laughs> after that Super Bowl and playing the Tennessee Titans getting sacked nine times. But the Brandon Cooks trade, it does come off as a uh, surprise. You know, I don't think a lot of people have been exploring or discussing whether or not the Houston Texans are exploring or uh, looking for a trade uh, for Brandon Cooks and getting pieces back. I thought that he'd be here for the next couple of seasons, especially the way that he showed leadership in the locker room last year behind a team that had a lot of ups and downs. Cody, when we look at Cooks and the possibility – of him leaving, what are your thoughts? I think it's extremely low. Um, you know, throughout the season, especially more so during the trade deadline, I had an opportunity to, you know, talk to a few people to see whether or not Brandon Cooks had a market. And they told me that the Houston Texans do not want to depart from Brandon Cooks. And Cooks honestly does not want to leave Houston. Now, of course, that was back in, what was the trade deadline? Or the first week of November. And of course, things can change. But at the end of the day, I still think that it's still a long shot that we can get a new, get, get 
get reports from Aaron Wilson or John McClain stating that the Houston Texans have traded Brandon Cooks, especially in it, as we just talked about, um, Laramie Tunsil and, of course, Deshaun Watson are the primary two candidates who can actually be dealt this offseason. However, when I take a look at Brandon Cooks, I mean, this is a guy who, yes, it will only make sense for the Texans if they are trying to save money to a certain extent because this is a guy who has a cap hit for $16.2 million for the upcoming 2022 season. Um, however, outside of the money aspect of things, it doesn't make sense for the Texans to depart for Cooks because, look, he's coming off a season where he recorded over 1,000 receiving yards for the second consecutive season. This is the third time that the Houston Texans had a receiver to achieve this feat. And, of course, the other two guys is Andre Johnson and DeAndre Hopkins. But, you know, when, when, when I take a look at the Brandon Cooks on whether or not the Texans should trade for him, it doesn't make sense even when you look beyond his on-field attributes because first and foremost, and John, I know you hate this word, but Brandon Cooks is a culture guy. But there's a catch. A lot of guys – yeah, yeah, I was about to say he, he's good, and that's the point that I wanted to get. You know, the Houston Texans had an opportunity to have their cake and eat it too because we know over the last two seasons we have seen the Houston Texans depart and add players to this roster, and they threw the term culture around a lot. It seems like a lot of time when they departed from a player, he was a really good player, but he wasn't a culture fit. Then the guys that they actually wanted to favor and give them snaps, give them an opportunity to go out there on the field and showcase what they can do, that wasn't that good. Brandon Cooks, you get the best of both worlds. Plus, you also got to take a look at the standpoint, John. You just mentioned the leadership. We have seen Brandon Cook's leadership time and time again shine throughout the 2021 season. So we don't I, I really don't want to touch on that. But the most important thing to me, at least, when you start talking about the possibility on when and if the Houston Texans should depart from Brandon Cooks, I want to mention this. If Brandon Cooks is not on this roster, and yes, I understand it has a lot to do with what who they are able to add to their wide receiving core in free agency, but who's going to take over as the Texans' best wide receiver if Brandon Cooks isn't on this roster? And I have a lot of hope, and, 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 I, and I see a lot of promise in Nico Collins, but as he enters his second season in the league, I'm not sure Collins is ready to take that step. And I do not believe that the Texans will be in a market to go out and get one of the top wide receivers to come in and to replace the production of Cooks. Because I And I want to add this in as well. Andre Johnson to D-Hop. That was a transition that was easy. Even though Brandon Cooks isn't DeAndre Hopkins, he made that transition just a little bit more sustainable because he is a really good and really quality a really reliable wide receiver but if brandon cooks walked out walk out that door for six and kirby who's going to throw who, who's who is davis mills going to throw the ball to and i think when we look at this texan roster a lot of people a lot of people want to get younger or they kind of want to move on from everything that was Bill O'Brien slash David Cully, those, you know, the last two to three years. And I, I get it. Mm-hmm. However, when you build a roster of 53 and not 15, comparing the NFL to the NBA, where, where you really need guys, you know, you never really want to take away 
your best guys at a position or your best guys across the team. And I could, I think we could look at this Texas roster and point to Brandon Cooks as the best player on the roster. Hmm. You never just want to move on from them if you're not sure the contingency plan is there. Now, when we look at the Houston Texans, I think that's been an, I think it has been an issue for them in the past. You moved on from Jadavion Clowney and whether or not Jadavion has proved to, you know, be the player that we thought he'd want to be here in Houston, we still can look at that trade and wonder, okay, what was the actual contingency plan there? And if it was Jacob Martin or those picks, did it even work out? Was it worth making the trade? I think the answer is no, right? When we look at the DeAndre Hopkins trade, what was the contingency plan for wide receiver? Well, it was Will Fuller. However, that was a one-and-done year. Then he got popped with the PED use, and then he went to Miami. Haven't heard his name since. So to move on from Brandon Cooks, are we sure that the contingency plan of Nico Collins, who the Texans traded up for to draft last season, are we sure that he's going to be able to replace the production and the value that Brandon Cooks was able to do for Houston last year? Man, there were times last year where Brandon Cooks came in clutch for whoever was that quarterback. Remember mm. that play? Uh, Tyrod Taylor escaped out and kind of launched it. Oh, yeah, that was the first game of the season. <laughs> everybody was looking at that pass like, oh, no, oh, no, what are you doing? Oh, oh, <laughs> okay, but we'll take it, right? Brandon Cooks made constant big plays for this Texas offense that was not one of the best offenses in the league. I get it by none. However, he was a bright spot. And I'm not a fan of too much moving on from bright spots if it's not understandable or needed. Bright spot number one, Deshaun Watson. Yes, he wants to be out. Let's go ahead and move on from him. Bright spot number two, Laramie Tunsil. I think that relationship between he and the franchise has been broken. And I also think that the finger injury that he didn't fight through, which I'm not mad at him for, is nothing to play for. But I don't think that's set well with Nick Serio. However, I also believe that the contingency plan of Titus Howard may be a little bit better moving forward than Laramie Tunsil, or it'll be at least a comparable player that you can move forward with. Are we 100% sure that Nico Collins is a comparable or will suffice as the contingency plan for Houston at wide receiver? Wide receiver one, I'm not sure yet. I'm not there yet. There were times where I thought he could have did better last season. So let's just pump the brakes on the Brandon Cooks trade unless it's too much. And I mean too much to kind of – the offer is, is you got to grab and jump on an offer. Uh, you know, you get a first or second round back in a player that makes sense. Then you explore. But if not, just hold your horses. Yeah, and that's what I was about to allude to. I remember back in November when I asked um, someone about the possibility of a Brandon Cooks trade. They told me the only way they will depart from Brandon Cooks, it has to be one of those trades where – the Houston Texans are looked at as the team that actually robbed the opposing team back in the deal. And I also want to mention Houston this is as due well. for some of those. Yeah, they'll very especially wrong. after D Hop for Johnson. But we're not we don't want to talk about that, but I do want to mention this as well. You know, even though I think we all can agree the Houston Texans are not going to be in the running for the playoffs, I think we all can agree that. We are expecting to see a more competitive version of the Houston Texans in 2022 versus what we saw at times in 2021. If you depart from Brandon Cooks, it's kind of like this is going to be an organization that's going to be taking a step back. 
Ladies and gentlemen, we are almost in March. That means January 1st seems like a lifetime ago. And I know this is around the time where a lot of people look at those New Year resolutions and look at the list and say, huh, I really don't need to change this or I don't really need to do that. Let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen, for me, eating right and sticking to that resolution has been great for me, thanks to Bill Barr. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution. I actually and genuinely enjoy eating those Bill Bars. Bill Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, even the pus. 100% real chocolate. The best part about it, low-calorie, high-protein. So replace your candy bar with these Bill Bars. They're better. And typically, a candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. With Bill Bar, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 of those great protein that can help you suffice and sustain your day throughout the day. You got mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and this month's new flavor is the white chocolate cookies and cream. Man, shout out to white chocolate. I know that is on the basketball court. They're all delicious. and The new flavors are coming out all the time. And if you think they got a flavor that may be good, go ahead and try it out. It'll be delicious and good for you. Go to build.com and use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Thanks for making the Locked On Texans your first listen every day. Now make your second listen to Locked On NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. And before closing out this Wednesday installment of Locked On Texans, John and I want to continue our discussion for the Houston Texans free agency profile. On Monday, we had an opportunity to talk about Tyrod Taylor. On yesterday, we talked about David Johnson. And on today, John, the guy that I want to highlight is Danny Amendola. This is a guy who was signed off of his couch to come join the Houston Texans in 2021. And at first... We did not like the signing. I think, John, you probably still don't like the signing, especially considering that with Danny Amendola coming to the Houston Texans, it basically marked the end of Anthony Miller. When I take a look at the Texans' rebuilding plan, I still do not see how the Texans could benefit more from Danny Amendola in the future versus a guy in Anthony Miller who, if we're being real, did not get a fair opportunity to showcase what he can do for the Texans. However, John and listeners, when I take a look at Amendola, I would not be mad if the Texans give him one more season because when healthy, he was able to provide the Texans something in a receiving game. And John, I know you might look at me crazy, but when you take a look at Amendola's numbers, this is a guy, eight games, he recorded 248 yards. Compare that to Chris Conley who appeared in 16 out of a possible 17 games. And this is a man who recorded a total of 323 yards. That's only 75 more yards he recorded over Amendola. I think, of course, given his age, it might be a little bit difficult for Amendola to stay a little bit more healthy. But when you take a look at the production that he could provide, this is also a guy who was one of a handful of receivers. I think probably a total of three receivers who recorded over 100 receiving yards. 
in a throughout the 2021 season his came during the the Texans season finale against the Tennessee Titans I would not be mad if the Texans bring him back however I would like to see the Texans sign him and use him let's say as your fourth or fifth option versus at times when he was out there on the field your second option yeah I wouldn't be mad at Danny Demi excuse me Danny Mandola <laughs> coming back um I think for Houston you know, you, I still would have liked to see Anthony Miller here in town. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, when I look at what Danny was able to do, man, I, I think that this was a a bright spot for Houston's offense whenever he was on the field. It became mm-hmm. very reliable for Tyrod Taylor and Davis Mills. He had a big game against the Tennessee Titans where he caught 113 yards and two touchdowns. And, you know, he was the better receiver on the field that day. So when I look at the Houston Texans and I – go right to their wide receiver depth chart. It's not like there's a lot of overwhelming talent there. However, uh, when, what Danny Amendola does bring is a sense of stability and security. And that's what any young quarterback is going to need. One thing I like about Danny Amendola is he knows where the sticks are. And if there's third and five, he knows how to get six yards and move the chains. That is what he's very good at. And why not keep a player around on this roster if you're not 100% sure that there's somebody out there you can replace him with, especially mm-hmm. considering uh, there's always a uh, excuse me a chemistry between the two uh, when we look at Amendola and Davis Mills at quarterback. So I'd be okay with Amendola. However, Houston needs to get younger at the <laughs> wide receiver core, more explosive and more dynamic. And so if there's a player out there that makes more sense to Danny Amendola or, uh, I don't know, Bo Milton. Bo Milton is a player uh, who really turned my head in, in the senior bowl, uh, who I think would be very good for Houston or Wendell Robinson out of Kentucky. I mean, it was in Kentucky, Memphis. Wendell Robinson, he's a stud receiver. I was in those two schools mixed up. Then, yeah, you go out there and you get that wide receiver. It just really depends on where Houston's kind of uh, prioritizing that position right now. Yeah, and I do want to add this in as well, you know, especially since we just finished talking about Brandon Cooks in the last segment. I already gave the numbers for Amendola and Chris Conley. Brandon Cooks led this team with a total of 1,037 receiving yards. The next closest receiver was Nico Collins at 446. Definitely need an upgrade at that position, no doubt about it. But I expect Nico Collins to be better this year with better quarterback play. Thank you for checking out the Locked On Texan Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure you like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter and subscribe, like, and comment on YouTube as well. Follow me on Twitter at John underscore Hickman 12. You know what it is. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.